Well, welcome to See Here Love. It's our summer series, and we're featuring never-before-seen interviews and all of your favorite shows from our past seasons. So we hope you enjoy our past conversations that are still very important and inspiring today. Enjoy. You are seen, you are heard, you are loved by God. You're not alone, you're fully known, you are loved by God. Well, welcome to See Here Love, where we are on location at Tyndale University College and Seminary in their courtyard on this beautiful day. So we welcome you here. I'm so excited that our co-hosts are here. This is incredible. Lisa, Joanna, yeah, isn't it beautiful? I love this. We'll get to you in a second, special <laughs> guest. But I wanna just talk to you just a little bit about Tyndale and why we're here. Well, first of all, they're a partner of ours. And this is a 56 acre campus that was built in the 1950s for the Sisters of St. Joseph, who did a lot of work and made an impact in Toronto in education and health. And in 2015, Tyndale bought it from the sisters and purchased this campus, and here we are today. Well, Tyndale um, presently serves 1,600 students. Uh, they have represent 40 denominations and over 60 ethnic backgrounds, and their post-secondary education programs are taught with a faith perspective. And I actually attended here as well, as well as Cheryl. So there's a bit of an affinity and love for Tyndale. So we're glad that you're here. We're glad that we have a live student audience with us. I love it. I can feel the energy. Oh, they're awesome. I love it. And they told us that they didn't skip any classes to be here. Yay. Good. That's a good start. For <laughs> Hopefully everything. not like this early in the term. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, here we have Lindsay Thompson. I'm going to gush a little bit about you oh, because well. I think you're pretty amazing. Our special guest, Lindsay, is currently a therapist. Listen to this. Has run in over 20 marathons and wow. two full Ironmans. Wow. Come on. Ooh, I'm scared oh, okay. of you. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay graduated from the master's program in clinical counseling from, wow. Tyndale, from Tyndale, right here. And in 2009 was diagnosed with bipolar. So thanks, Lindsay, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Lindsay, I I'm glad you're here because, you know, we actually haven't done a show on mental illness and, and bipolar. And so I think this will be a great discussion for us to talk honestly and openly about, sure. about that. But let's hear first about your own story, your journey, and your diagnosis with bipolar mental illness. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure, and journey it has been. <laughs> um, well, born into a Christian family, a loving, committed Christian family. And um, I guess things sort of started to change for me around 15. I was always a happy-go-lucky, energetic kid. But around 15, we started to notice some different patterns arise. I would have these really great weeks, really energetic weeks where, you know, I didn't need any sleep, I didn't need any food, I was getting hired for jobs, running all those marathons, just even more energetic than I am now. And those weeks would sort of be followed by down weeks. So the, the highs would last three weeks and then it would be followed by a month of what I guess I could characterize as just severe depression. And um, that was, it was, I struggled with that for quite some time. And when I finally went to a doctor for it after things kind of got worse, they really focused on the depression side of it by giving me antidepressants, but they didn't work. We didn't see any change in, in these mood fluctuations and, and just everything that I was going through. Um, so a series of events happened that led me to a great psychiatrist. And in 2009, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, and 
it's neat because looking back, like that sort of was the start of a different journey. But at that time, it put a name to what I was experiencing. Right. And to be able to put a name to what I was experiencing meant there had to be a solution. Define bipolar for us. Okay. Sure. Yep. So bipolar disorder is a mental illness that is basically characterized by what I went through. So highs, um, they all differ for everybody, but a high could be anywhere from, you know, a tendency to spend a lot of money, to have a lot of energy, to not needing sleep, to overcommitting, um, and uh, yeah, spending money is a big, a big one. Uh, that wasn't something that I um, struggled with, but you'll often see that in people who struggle with that. And then again, these lows. The lows are characterized by severe depression, where you know it's impossible to get out of bed, where you know having a shower is an accomplishment. Yeah. So when you were diagnosed with bipolar, I think you're saying that finally you got a name to what you were dealing with. Mm -hmm. But how did you feel when when you got that? Like you now sort of own this. Mm -hmm. I have a mental illness, and I. Yeah. and bipolar. Well, it's it's really interesting what our brains do when we're in times of stress because I actually don't really remember a lot of those years. Huh. Um, it's sort of patchy, my memory of, of that really stressful time. What I do remember is thinking, okay, there is a reason. And as I said, if there is a reason for me behaving this way, there's got to be help. There's got to be something out there to help me. And Sometimes putting a name to it, any diagnosis, whether it's like cancer or pain in my side, whatever it is, putting a name to it sort of is freeing. It's like, oh, okay, it's not me. Like, it's outside of me. It's something I hold and I bear, but it's not me. Hmm. That's good. Um, I think what we want to really kind of like dig deep into, Lindsay, and to you as, you know, the co-host as well, it's just mental illness. Because, you know, I think defining it, how to respond to it, do we all have some part of mental illness in our own, you know, with, within ourselves? And I think I kind of want to just open that up as we talk about that because we want to dispel lies and dispel untruths about it. But we also want to learn how do we, um, you know, you know, interact with people and say the right things and, and be the right people for people that struggle with it. Yeah. You know, because I think that's a big thing. What, do you, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, no, go ahead, go ahead. I think that often words that are diagnoses are thrown around casually yeah. as a kind of a joke or a label on a stressful day or a, a person who I don't has know, tendencies yeah, yeah or i don't know yelled at the waiter or yeah. something yeah. but but the reality is that's different than a diagnosis of mental illness and so i think we can make less of significant things in people's lives by like by using it as like a casual label or a joke or an insult for a friend um, and yeah, how do you feel like, how do you feel about that as, as someone, you know, like if you heard someone say, oh, they're so bipolar, yeah. but they aren't actually yeah. mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. It's something that I've sort of struggled with. I'm not somebody who's easily offended. So I kind of like let it roll off my back. But uh, when you think about it, it's like, okay, that, that is not even close. Like a tendency yeah. to mood change is not even close to what that is and yeah. that you're right that can be thrown around with a lot of different kinds of mental illnesses and it's a tendency somebody's displaying but it's used in jest to yeah. describe yeah yeah so I definitely would caution people with throwing around terms of anything not just with mental illness but that yeah. we're not aware of because 
living with it is so different. Right. Living with it is so hard. And, you know, I was, I had such a supportive network, but even they will say, you know, Lindsay, I still don't really know what you went through. Mm. And I'm so blessed to have had, like my mom, I'm thinking of like, God bless her, I couldn't, I wouldn't be here without her. Wow. But she will still say, you know, I don't get it. I don't struggle with it. And I just pray that the Lord gives me the wisdom for helping you in the moment you need. And I think that would be a big takeaway for people who are especially living with loved ones who don't get it. To take that curious, compassionate stance yes. towards what they're experiencing. Yeah. Uh, like a couple questions came to mind. and. If I'm somebody who is struggling with bipolar, but I don't know it, it has been labeled, it's not diagnosed, and I think I'm just being emotional. Like, how did you come to a point where I need to talk to somebody because this is actually not just teenage angst, it's not just circumstantial, it's not a season of life, it is something more. How, how did you come to discern that? Well, one of the categories for diagnosis is longevity. So this was something that had been happening for eight years before my diagnosis and nothing changed. So, um, and in fact, they were getting worse, specifically my low times. Um, so that that's something we, and even as a therapist, we look at, okay, like how long have your symptoms been going on? That it's not just a season of life, yeah. right? Yeah. And that you don't just uh, sort of wake up in a week or two, because you're absolutely, there's situational depression. And I, I think we've all experienced yeah. that yeah. completely. So what is that difference? Longevity, departure from what is really me. So I'm a happy mm. person naturally, but I am not crazy like I was, like I was over the top and I'm not, a depressive person. Yeah. Although I get tired easily, I wasn't that either. So it was a departure from who I am yeah. wow. okay, for so long. That's good. That's good to know. Cheryl? Well, I'm sitting here thinking um, that I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to give a little bit of a whammy because I'm going to be honest. Um, I had to negotiate my faith journey around this issue. Um, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Um, coming from a Pentecostal background, charismatic background, we have just certain thoughts and beliefs around sort of claiming and owning and I really I, 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 I've grown so much uh, as I've matured and even listening to people that uh, friends of mine that that do work through mental illness but I'd love to kind of like take a minute and talk about um, how you navigate your faith journey with mental illness because there are many believers that will say just pray um uh, don't don't you know name it and claim it don't name it so don't own it um just just you know rebuke it and these sorts of things and i'm sure i'm not alone uh with with that but i really come to understand that you know it's something you're working through i love what you said it's it's sort of a a burden and something you carry but you don't allow it to be your sole identity Absolutely. and so there's that walk there i'd love for you to, to speak to that yeah yeah and it has been interesting as I've uh, studied to be a therapist and work with people and especially in Christian setting, how the church or Christians right. view mental illness. Yes, yes. Um, and I think it is still tricky. I think, again, the stigma is becoming less and less in society and less and less in the church. But I definitely struggled with my own thoughts, Kay. Like, Lindsay, are you praying enough? Like, where is wow. your, where are you with your walk with God? Right. And I think maybe that was another thing for me realizing, okay, I'm not well is because I never really doubted him. I wasn't really ever angry with him, but I was like, is this as good as it's gonna get? Because this sucks. 
Hey, it's Chris, friend of See Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. That's yeah. so honest. It is honest. I love that. And I think we need to be more honest like that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and yeah. that's probably what I think we'll talk about this later. But one of the biggest things I will take with me and encourage others is like in all forms of, of trial in the Christian community to be okay with it not being okay. Exactly. Yes. And to sit with each other in that and say, listen, I'm not sure how I can help you right now, but I'll sit with you. Mm-hmm. And because if we look at the life of Jesus, it was hard. It was so hard. He never promised it was going to be easy. So for us to think, okay, just pray yourself out of it or, you know, power of positive thinking, let's go. I don't know if that's reality. Right. You know, Lindsay, I love this because what you're doing is you're breaking a lot of the stigma that the church and society have. I mean, there's more conversation in society, I feel, that we're talking about mental illness. You know, some of the, the campaigns that, you know, companies are doing. But when somebody, as a Christian, is vocal about it to say it's okay not to be okay really so good. because when i was growing up that you would never say that mm. you're not okay you have to be great and you're always great and you push in and you dig and you read the word and and to live up to that expectation that will kill you yeah. it will you know it will kill you if you keep up at that pace and it's just funny yeah. because when you look at for example the letters of paul he's so honest about his struggles and yeah. he's got that moment where he prays for his own thorn to be removed yeah, and that's right. my <laughs> grace is sufficient and that i feel like was where you were at when you said okay god what's going on yeah. um is this as good as it's going to get it's like well no we're going to work with you and god speaking um to paul in this sense and it is a journey, and he cl- he claims that, but he doesn't let it master him. And I just, I just feel like, for all the facade we put up, yeah. the Bible is very honest. I love it, and this I love this that. I, this isn't an anthem. I'm gonna take this, like you know, this it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gives permission for the church to live authentically, yes. and to not base their faith walk and their prayer life on. Uh, about of depression or whatever they're going through like whatever I'm feeling and working through is not a reflection of where I am in God you know I love that and and not don't get me wrong like I believe in healing and I believe that anything is possible with the power of God but it's still gonna be hard and yeah. what season are we in and and I I'm an advocate of working hard and setting goals and and pursuing your dreams but you're still gonna have hard days. And what do you carry with you that is kind of your burden? And like, so what does healthy life balance with God look like knowing I carry this with me, right? You know, and I love that because I think everybody and in the audience and us all just went, (sighs) because I think when, when you can say that the Christian life is, has never ever been promised that it's gonna be easy and carefree and perfect and perfect ever and i don't know where that came from because i think that has been an issue within the church um and again i'm not i'm not bashing the church i'm saying some of our theology and the way we've spoken about come to jesus and and your life is going to be like this well no if you look at all of us our lives have been full of challenge and difficulty however the hope of Christ, uh, you know, the love of Him, the Holy Spirit guiding us, those are the things that I take and go, that has made my life great because yes. of that. And I think we need to be more voices of that, right? Yeah. It's not perfect, 
it's 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 okay to be you know not okay but with christ anything's possible joanna well and it's because we have a larger picture of the story an eternal picture of the story you know jesus when he was here yeah he did heal some people And a lot of people he didn't. But even the people that he, he said, like, you know, there were more people in every town than he had time to heal because his ministry was more than than about sort of our physical healing. But uh, every person that he healed did, in fact, die later. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the healing was a sign of his power, his authority, what he was doing. I was bringing the kingdom of God on earth. But it wasn't the ultimate end. The ultimate end is a like is a heavenly promise that we have an eternal promise of Christ and we will all all the pain all the sorrow all of the illness whether that's mental illness physical illness whatever it may be it will have healing it just may not look how we hoped it would so we love praying for healing but it doesn't always happen here and and when we say it's going to happen here on earth uh, I think it can lead to people like losing their faith and being disillusioned with who God is and who he really That's says it. he He is going to be for us. That is key. And I want to land on that for a second because we have um, equated how we see God, who God is in his character by our circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if the circumstances are bad, we don't have prayers answered, then God is blank. Because he didn't, because this happened, because of death, whatever, God is, therefore, I'm angry at him, I'm upset with him. But, I, I, and I say this because you live by this really neat theme hmm. from Narnia. Yeah. And so maybe give some feedback because what I'm saying um, makes sense in sort of this anthem that you have for your okay. life as you journey through the challenges of, of mental illness. Sure, yeah. So when I was a kid, I loved The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And even into adulthood, one of my favorite parts of it was when Mr. Beaver is describing <laughs> yep. to Susan who Aslan is. Yes. And she thinks he's a man and he says, no, he's a lion. And she's like, oh my goodness, is he, is he safe? And he said, who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's the king and he's good. And as we know, Aslan is a picture of God. And I loved that all growing up, but I was given the privilege and blessing and honor to be valedictorian last year of my graduating class. And so I was, as I was reflecting on the journeys of my colleagues and myself, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's it. None of our journeys to Tyndale has been safe. Like I talk to people, you know, they experience kids, death, marriage, you name it in those five years of getting their education. But they all said, man, was God good. Wow. And they were so blessed at the end of their education. And I thought that is life. He never promised it was going to be safe, but he is always good. And the character of God never changes. And we know that he was good back then. He's good now. And he's never going to stop being good. Uh, preach yep. it. <laughs> preach it. You better it. preach, girl. I love that. Let's t- and, and you know, I want to just land on that for a moment about God is good. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to each one of us? Because I think, you know, as we talk about mental illness, but just life as a follower of Jesus, we need to remind ourselves and our audience and people watching and listening that God is good. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that there, there's been sort of a movement of people like really angry and not for him and and making all kinds of accusations yeah but i think the the character of god is good let's just talk about that lisa what are your thoughts on that i think our personal encounters with god as we go on that journey it redefines our definition of good because when we're kids good is a cookie before dinner good (laughs) is a nice stuffed animal i love stuffed animals good is a puppy like and 
as life matures, even in the secular world, without God, you're idea of good changes but with the spiritual dimension now it's like god is good it's got depth it's got um it comes from the bottom of your soul despite job's journey and it's good habakkuk looking out and saying do you know what in wrath remember mercy god is good it's the fullness of that to me i now feel like i'm old enough to start tasting that a little bit deeper yeah. every year every season it's like god is good that's good. Yeah. Joanna. Uh, as you were asking us the question, I thought of a Hillsong song. It's from their more recent album, and it's about new wine. And there's this line in the song, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus make new wine out of me. And it's about this crushing that happens, crushing and pressing to make wine. But it's this coming with nothing. Everything we have is by grace. Like every single thing in our life. We came with nothing. Everything is because of the goodness of God. Love that. Yeah. Beautiful. I got chills thinking that. Yeah. Cheryl, your thoughts. God is good. Um, growing up, uh, you know, in my experience with all that I had gone through as an at-risk youth and fatherless, God was always good. I've been, in, been around church my life, but I didn't think he was good to me. Mm, right. And there's a difference when you come into this awareness of a personal connection of a good God and his goodness towards you. And so there, there's a verse that says that his plans for me, you start to understand his intention and his heart for me. His plans for me are good, not evil, not to harm me, for me to prosper, an expected end. And so now, no matter what I go through up or down, I understand the heart of God yeah. for me. So the goodness of God for me is that you are teaching me through this storm. You are developing through developing me. Maybe you're saving me from something. There's, there's, but his intentions are all good to, to see me be the best daughter of God that I can be for him, yeah. you know? So it's all working together for yeah. his good. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. And Lindsay, you know, you've heard this and, and you have a scripture verse. You have two mm. that really encourage you on your journey to sort of encourage that God is good to that have encouraged you that you're not alone. Yeah. Why don't you share those ones? It was Jeremiah 29, 11 and 2 Timothy 1, 7. Yeah. Those are some of our verses I could like quote myself <laughs> by heart. But you know, why don't we start with, you know, just quickly Jeremiah 29, yeah. 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Mm. Plans to give you hope in a future. Amen. And yes. I love the Old Testament and I love, again, character of God and being good mm. and how there's these crazy stories of to God choosing unlikely people and making these huge promises based on his character and they always came true. Yes. Those covenants lasted. Yeah, and that's one, I mean, if he said that to somebody back then, he's not gonna change his mind Woo! about his plans towards me. Beautiful. Because some days I would sit, especially in my hardest years and go, how am I gonna do anything with my life? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm too ill. There's nothing that I will ever be able to do or hold or be consistent with but that's so different. And sometimes in the places where I went through some you know, difficult times in my life, I didn't feel it or emotionally feel it or even believe it, but I still said it. Yeah. Because there's something about saying that in the back of my mind, I know it was true, I wasn't feeling it was true, but I would say over and over, God is good, he is with me, mm -hmm. God is good, I am his. Simple truths to get me through right. some very dark times right, yeah. and, and just and saying it, there's power in that. 2 Timothy 1.7, one of my yes. favorites, is another one of your verses that has helped you through. Yes, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love mm. and a sound mind. And mm. I think because mental, mental illness, it is so much about our minds and the fact that He created us Amen. with a sound mind. That we don't have to go working for it, although sometimes it feels like work. We were created with it. 
The fall obviously changed things and he doesn't want us to struggle like this on this side of heaven, but he's created us with that and with that love and with that power. That's a good verse. You know, I always say it like when I share my story about, you know, God didn't, you know, give you a spirit of fear and I do that. But I never thought about that verse as, you know, as somebody who, who has struggled with mental illness because it talks about mind. That's amazing. That's like an aha moment for me right now. <laughs> That's incredible. Any thoughts on those verses? Cheryl, Lisa, Joanna? For me, it reminds me of the importance of memorizing the Bible. Like you just yes. read those verses off the top. You, you recited them off the top of your head. I would imagine, I know this for myself in my lowest points, it was the verses I already had in my mind, 100%. like locked yeah. in, yes. that were my greatest comfort. When you're, if you're in a depression or, or a mental illness or whatever, when you're in those low points, yeah. uh, all you have is you're not going to go get the Bible out and read it. You no. don't have the energy no. for it. No. It's a thing you've locked in. Yeah. And I think something uh, as an encouragement for all of us, a practical thing is like, what are a couple of verses to memorize, to lock in? Mm -hmm. Because we need to do it when we're feeling okay mm -hmm. so that we have them when we That's need them. True. That's good. The, the Timothy verse talks about, you know, he did not give us a spirit of fear. And when you have a sound mind, you can um, see things as they are. And what it reminds me of is when we are equipped with the knowledge of God. And we're praying, okay, Lord, this is a circumstance that I see myself and I can get overwhelmed with fear. And you repeat those. It's kind of like the kid who's walking home late at night. You walk through during the day. It's fine. But then at night, there's scary stuff there. And then you just, well, this is the road that I've already walked. And it's different. It looks different, but it's still the same road and the Lord is with me. And the sound mind reminds me that a lot of our battles are not just physical, they're spiritual. In the secular world has a phrase, mind over matter. And then for us, that's always anchored in our soul and the spiritual. And so I love that verse. And I think there's a reason why Paul wrote it to Timothy. So it's good. Cheryl, any last thoughts there? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I was going to say exactly what Joanna said. You know, David said, I hide the word in my heart mm -hmm. that I may not sin against thee. And, and thy word is a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. It is the, it is the light that we carry. Mm -hmm. It's the lamp that we carry in the darkness. Yeah, yeah. Good. Lindsay, thank you so much. I know that you, you have your takeaways and, and, and just quickly, you have two takeaways, mm -hmm. um, that you shared uh, with us before the show. Uh, one is the pain doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a daily battle and choice to commit to a healthy lifestyle. It, it's sort of one and two. Yeah. Can you just talk about that for like a minute as we yeah. close up the show? Yeah, I think something that has really resonated with me is that, again, as we started, that pain doesn't go away. Some pains don't go away. Yeah. And what is it like to say, okay, although I want to strive to be the best I can be and strive, strive to be the best child of God, What's it like to hold this pain and to realize it is going to be a reality of my life, but still have a healthy lifestyle? So for me, I know my limits. I know I need to get sleep. I know I need to eat well. I know all the things that I need to do to live healthily with bipolar, mm -hmm. but being okay with, okay, it isn't going away. I'm going to have bad days. And that's what life is like. Um, so that's one thing I think I really encourage people you know, it's okay if it's hard and it's okay if it's painful. And I don't know God's plan for everybody, but some of us won't have that go away. So what's life look like anyways? 
and we're excited for you because life for you as you as you work through the challenges you're a therapist I am which is really amazing to see that it didn't take you out but that you took what you know your experience and have made it into something really great and, and can inspire and encourage others and heal people what what a beautiful you know testimony of your life to see what God can do when you say I, I'll do it yeah. Yeah. despite all this I'll do it so yeah. thank you, Lindsay Thompson, thank for being you. with us. What an inspiration. Thank, thank you. you. guys, thank you. Cheryl, Lisa, Joanna, thank you again for your honest thoughts, your encouragement. And to you, our viewers, I hope our conversation encouraged you. And to our live student audience, I hope our conversation encouraged you as well, that it's okay to be like not okay and that you need to hide the word of God in your heart. You need to memorize some scripture so that when those times come, you've got the word and the truth in your life. You need community, and you need to sometimes just say God is good, even when you don't feel it. God is good. And so we thank you for joining us. We thank Tyndale uh, for letting us crash here in their courtyard and disrupt <laughs> things. We thank you for this amazing um, school that is just training um, some great students. And if you want to know more about our show and you want some information about mental illness and what you can do or verses that have encouraged us, then go to seeherelove.com for all our information. Uh, make sure you check out our blogs, vlogs, like us on Facebook and Instagram, follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, and always know that you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God. Bye-bye. I had a friend going through a very difficult situation that would be like what you described, where she would say, like, this could discount me or whatever. Yeah. And she said, this is who I am now. And I said, no, that is your circumstances. Mm. It is not your identity. Right. Yes. So I'm someone who struggles with depression. I'm someone who struggles with infertility. I've had other struggles. I will all my life. That is not who I am. That is not who the women watching are. We are mm -hmm. beloved daughters of God, called yeah. and chosen by the king, anointed place here mm -hmm. for such a time as this mm -hmm. and nothing can change that yeah. and so I think telling the truth about all the parts of our story gives God glory because mm -hmm. like there's that verse that says we overcome by the blood of the lamb mm -hmm. and the word of our testimony yeah. mm -hmm. and those things are mm -hmm. part of my testimony yeah. and so if I want yeah. God getting all the glory he can for my story then it means talking about those parts too and, and there's yeah. bravery in that there's bravery yeah. in mm -hmm. telling your story yes yeah. Yeah. and I mean you will know the truth and the truth will set you free Free. That's the truth from Jesus. But I think when we tell the truth to each other, we set each other free too. Yeah. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.